0: Well, don't worry, don't worry. I'm not gonna do what you all think I'm gonna do, which is
1: just flip out!
2: Welcome to Cruisin' at the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. Did you know the human head weighs eight pounds? And Mason Krusmich. Did you know I've killed just
3: about a bottle of wine before we even started?
0: Holy shit, you have.
3: <laughs> That's actually a bottle and a third total, and it's not gone yet. There's way too much preamble to this <laughs> episode.
2: I want to go home now. On today's episode, we're talking about Jerry Maguire, a romantic comedy sports drama following sports agent Jerry Maguire, who decides to put his new philosophy to the test as an independent agent with the only athlete who stays with him and his former secretary. That is inaccurate. My fault. My fault. She was an accountant, not a secretary. (laughs) uh, Secretary. (laughs) I'm sorry. She was a woman in
3: an office. What was I supposed to think? She was an
2: accountant that did not work directly under Jerry Maguire. That is my bad. Anyways, what'd you guys think? (laughs)
0: I thought it was good. I liked it. I was overall a fan of this movie. Um, I will admit that for me it failed what I have now come to deem as the laundry test, uh, which <laughs> means that I think I would have enjoyed this movie more if I had some laundry to fold while I was doing it. So uh,
3: We'll get to that.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I guess I'm just saying there were some parts that were really good and some parts of this movie that was a little bored by.
3: Fair enough. And uh, I enjoyed it. But also, and here's my hot take for the for the episode, I think it's reinforced this idea that I've kind of been formulating for a little bit now. I think that Tom Cruise is really just a more attractive Nick Cage. And How whoa! How dare you? Bad take, buddy. Oh, listen. We are going to be arguing about that for
2: years to come. We that's might the, be. That's not even a hot take. That's just wrong that's an that's what a hot take is no you know, a hot take is objectively right but unpopular uh, that's not right at all that's not See, how hot I thought takes hot were.
0: takes were opinions that you haven't thought too much about yet that are bound <laughs> to
2: be controversial
3: um, which is exactly what that was <laughs> right uh, and my my main argument for that is the uh, flipping out bit oh, which so is good. exactly a nicholas cage delivery and line so
2: yeah but if nicholas cage would have done it you would have been like Okay, that's just Nick because Cage. he's less attractive. But, but if Tom Cruise did, no, if be- Tom Cruise does it, because that's not a common thing that happens. It's hilarious. Like, okay. uh, if 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 Nick Cage was in there and just did the flipping out thing, it's like, there there he goes again. <laughs> yeah, because because Nick Cage is There's less attractive. There goes that there goes that head banging nun thing again.
0: Here's the thing, I want to say that your opinion is garbage, <laughs> but but. <laughs> the first thing that I thought of, my knee-jerk reaction to defend Tom Cruise as being better than Nicolas is, I was going to say, yeah, but Nicolas Cage is crazy, and Tom Cruise is... And then I realized, oh my God, maybe he's right.
3: Yeah, no. Maybe Mason like, has a here's, point. Here's, I'm okay, willing to hear him out. Here's maybe, my thing. And I, w- I will give Tom Cruise this. Maybe, maybe the difference is he's just way more into action movies, and he's very good at that aspect of things. He might have a bit more nuance in that aspect of his career. But honestly, there's very little that I've seen from Tom Cruise. That's such a bad opinion. Thus thus far. This might be your worst opinion yet. It might be. is,
0: Is charming part of attractiveness? Is charm part of attractiveness? I would say so. Okay, because I was a little tangent here. I was watching the fifth Mission Impossible movie this weekend, uh-huh. and I watched that scene where he first comes in and like has the little repartee with the record store lady. Yep. And oh my god, that is the most charming I think I have ever seen a human being be for two minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm
3: sure <laughs> it Holy is. Holy
0: shit! Well, Tom okay. Tom Cruise.
3: Wow. So I think I think wow. part of this I think part of this is that as yeah. we've gone through a bunch of his different movies, I, it has been fairly consistent that a especially in his early films, he's been like, Like Nick Cage has been up for these roles too and hasn't gotten them. And I've Thank just... Thank God. Sure. But I've had to kind of imagine what these roles would be like with Nick Cage. And I don't think there are many that would be that different. It's... Mm. I'm a agent. I'm a sexy I'm a agent. <laughs> All right. So Mission Impossible. Yeah. Mission Impossible. <laughs> Mission Impossible is a break from that, but also one that Nick Cage was not up for. Um, Magnolia... Oh, I don't know. We haven't watched that yet. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh,
2: uh, but uh, part part of it's just that... I mean... Nicolas Cage, like, could, I'm sorry, he could not have pulled off board on the Fourth of July or Rain Man.
3: Oh, see, I think he would have been great in Born on the Fourth of he's, July. And he he's not
2: nuanced enough to play those he types He might have been too hammy for that. That, and that, see, that's my thing. He's so hammy. That's why Face Off is so ridiculous. Because you have John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, who are the two hammiest actors in Hollywood, and it's just two over two and a half hours of them trying to out ham each other.
3: So part of this is that I think Nick Cage has more more nuance to him than I think people give him credit for, which. We we're not doing a Nick Cage podcast, so we don't really have to go into that too much. But Let me
0: reemphasize that. We are not. We are not now, nor are we ever doing a Nick Cage podcast. Is it
2: because Nicolas Cage is, uh, objectively speaking, not a very good actor?
0: I don't know. There's a whole community episode that wants me to think that maybe he is a good actor.
3: I, no, I think he does a great job on certain roles, and I think that's also really true about Tom Cruise.
2: I feel like you're trying to say that Nicolas Cage and Tom Cruise are the same caliber of actor, and it makes me hate you. That, that, that's, not, that's not where I'm at. And also, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, if he's
0: fired, then I'm going with him, and we'll start our own broadcasting agency. Bodcasting. Let's get out of here. is
3: what I heard. We are going to cast some pods
0: <laughs> Okay, we're starting a podcasting <laughs> agency. Let's get out of here, Mason right, and cool. Jason Statham, who is here but hasn't said anything so far.
3: Let me just unplug the soundboard All here. Right? I feel, I
0: feel
2: like
3: <laughs> I feel like you need to walk, not walk, 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 walk. I feel freak, like you need to not drink slam. before we
2: do podcast because it makes you say wildly inaccurate opinions. Uh, no, honestly, I was thinking this sober too. Um, <laughs> Oh, well, then I just hate you. No, that's
3: that's fair. I just <laughs> I think there are a lot of similarities in what a lot of Tom Cruise and Nick Cage do. And maybe Tom Cruise does better, and maybe that's why he's a better actor. And part of that might be just that he's more attractive and more charming. And maybe, okay, here's a better way of putting it.
0: I like that he said this as he's untwisting the cap on the wine and is about <laughs> to pour himself more wine as we are podcasting. All right, this is a great discussion. I think we should continue this throughout the podcast, which we should move forward right around now. Bam,
2: bam, right. Wait, hang on. <laughs> All right, let's get into our discussion of Jerry Maguire. And I'm a
1: bad boy, because don't even miss her. I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart.
2: Jerry Maguire, played by Tom Cruise, is a glossy 35-year-old sports agent working for Sports Management International, or SMI. After experiencing a life-altering epiphany about his role as a sports agent, he writes a mission statement about perceived dishonesty in the sports management business and his desire to work with fewer clients to produce better quality. In turn, SMI Management decides to send Bob Sugar, Jerry's protege, to fire him. Consequently, Jerry and Sugar each call all of Jerry's clients to try and convince them not to hire the services of the other. Jerry speaks to Arizona Cardinals wide receiver Rod Tidwell, played by QB Gooding Jr., one of his clients who is disgruntled with his contract. He needs a $10 million contract for his family to live on. Jerry informed him if he gets injured for the season, he will get no money from the Cardinals. This paragraph is too long. It is extremely long. Rod tests Jerry's resolve through a very long telephone conversation, while Sugar is able to convince the rest of Jerry's clients to stick with SMI instead. Leaving the office, Jerry announces that he will start his own agency and asks if anyone is willing to join him, to which only 26-year-old single mother, Dorothy Boyd, Renee Zellweger, agrees. Okay, we'll stop. no, no. We'll stop there. You can keep no, going. We'll I there. wasn't
0: criticizing your paragraph. I was just trying to give people a break <laughs>
2: in <laughs> the middle of the long paragraph. No, we'll start. We'll start there. We'll start
3: there. That's 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 a decent spot. I'm first going to shout out Bob Sugar. The only shout out I would give Bob Sugar this entire episode. Uh, you did great in Scrubs. It's a great episode in the first season of
2: Scrubs. Thank you for doing that. Played by Jay Moore. For those who don't understand, the played rumors. by Bob Sugar. Mm. Uh,
0: Go watch Last Comic Standing season one if you want to see Jay Moore. There you go. I think. If you want I to think see- he hosted that show. Did you guys ever watch? If you that? want to see more
2: Jay Moore, I, I did. I don't remember anything about it. Mm.
0: It had Dat Fan, who I believe is now a pretty successful comic. Actually, I think that was a criticism of the show was some of them were already like moderately successful comics.
3: I,
2: I mean, Gabriel Iglesias was on that show.
3: Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, that might have been before his big special. Like, but see, that's kind of that's kind of reasonable, right? Like, you get like the people who are. Sort of good, but not like quite haven't broken through quite yet.
2: Yeah, so Jerry Maguire, What's right? Jerry Maguire. <laughs> uh, so
3: okay, first of all, I think Nick Cage typing up this. Oh uh, <laughs> my
2: god, mason I'm sorry, I'm going to unplug your <laughs> microphone. <laughs>
3: I think I think him doing this this whole like manifesto scene that Jerry does at the beginning also would have worked pretty fucking well. We
2: get it. You have a boner for Nicolas Cage. Don't uh, censor Mason. Let <laughs> Mason be Mason. Now
3: listen. I want to be very clear here. I said that Tom Cruise is a more attractive Nick Cage. I am not defending Nick Cage's attractiveness or what he does to my penis. I am telling you, I am telling you right now about what I think that that he would have done. Maybe. maybe Maybe a bit hammier, too. We'll say he's a bit
2: hammier. We'll say he's hammier. I'm going to say... I guess this is an opinion, but I feel like I'm going to have a lot of backing for this. Tom Cruise played this role better than Nicolas Cage could ever play it.
3: See, I think... And you may be right. Honestly, you may be right. But I think that, at the very least, this role, and a lot of what Tom Cruise has done previous... I think would at least still have been interesting with Nick Cage in, in the role. I think I could have watched that. I think there's a lot there that could have happened. I don't know. Like my my main point isn't necessarily that my main point isn't necessarily that Nick Cage is better than Tom Cruise or even necessarily as good as Tom Cruise. My point is more Couple tears down, in my
2: opinion. Okay, so surprisingly, uh, okay, fine.
0: Surprisingly, I'm gonna have to side with Mason on this one, and that's because I want to I'm side done. with I'm Chaos, and done. I think it would be <laughs> funny if Donovan was somehow outnumbered on the idea that Nicholas Cage is not roughly equivalent to Tom
3: Cruise. Um, well, listen, I think that a lot, a lot of their roles, a lot of Tom Cruise's roles. Were, boil down to him being like the same charming and attractive charming and attractive but also at the times where he where we talk about him having more nuance or more like giving more emotion we're talking about him being more crazy most of the time and that it, that applies to shit like taps that applies to shit like this movie like jerry mcguire absolutely Man, it's think-
2: one scene. It's one scene, Mason. You're just talking about the flipped out, flipping a, out scene. It's a great it's scene. one now. Nicolas Cage esque scene. It's
3: the only good scene in the movie.
2: And there would have been way too many of those scenes if Nicolas Cage had been in this movie. And it would have been me- a worse movie for it? It would have been Face Off. Are you telling me?
3: <laughs> you <complain laughs> me. <laughs> Are you telling me you don't want to see Nick Cage yelling? I love black people.
2: No, I can honestly tell you, I do not want to see that. God, right, wait, mean, really... you're just the worst human being. So I really like this section of the movie. Uh, this <laughs> opening section,
0: I think, right up until Tom Cruise leaves his company, is probably my favorite. Um, it I is love really good. The sudden, this Bob Sugar-like top ten anime betrayal moments. Um, I like seeing him scramble to try to get all of his clients and epically failing. And honestly, you know, I kind of said I wish I had some laundry to fold during the movie. (laughs) Um, That's because the opening of this movie promised me something which I was super into, which is that he's like this big, you know, corporately successful guy. And he's just like, oh, I hate this. So I'm just going to try to do something where, like, we build a company that's, like, not about that. And that's going to be something that can be really yeah. successful too i feel like the movie maybe got like i mean i know that the movie nominally is like about that but i just feel like it sort of strayed from that theme or it was like more interested in other things know, more the romance took up a lot of the time more interested in where jerry's
3: like, boner was than where his well, business acumen was. yes
0: that and and more interested in like jerry finding a way to survive the fallout of being fired from his company than yeah. like Actually testing his idea against the big idea, you know it is. They kind of, sure, you know, they they showed that people were not liking. You know, who's who's the big football player? What was his name? Cushman. It wasn't that. Cushman. Cushman. Yeah. Yeah. Was it? Was it Cushman? (laughs) Yeah. Frank Cush. Cuffer. I just made that up. Okay, um, that's
2: part of the. Uh, that's part of the. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Three it's... sentences that I didn't say for this paragraph oh, because y'all oh, were complaining. That's probably where I got <laughs> from then.
0: Um, Matt
3: uh, Cushbaum, Christman?
0: Uh, no, Cushman. Uh, <laughs> so you know, you saw him being dissatisfied at the end, and you felt like maybe it was going to go his way. But I thought the whole movie was going to be about that, and it was like more of a romance kind of. So uh, yeah. it was a
2: romantic comedy sports drama.
0: Romantic comedy sports drama. Romantic. Co- it was a comedy drama. Romantic comedy, it was a drama, comedy drama—not
2: <laughs> another
3: comedy drama
0: about sports and romance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, uh, I, and that's fine. It was, a pre- yeah. it was a perfectly fine romance. I'm fine with that.
3: No, I I agree. i was just I less liked, interested in it. I liked uh, I liked this movie. I liked the start of this movie a lot. Um, I thought Tom Cruise did a lot with what he was given. It was it was good. It was good.
2: It was fun. And I I haven't seen too many too much stuff with Cuba Gooden Jr. Um, I generally like him, but, uh, this is my favorite role of his that I've ever seen. Rod Tidwell is a fantastic character. I can't hear you, Jerry. Yeah. The, just the whole, you know, the whole thing about Quan and, you know, show me the money and yeah. you're hanging a thin, you're hanging on a thin thread, Jerry. That's what I love about you. I don't know. He, I just love his character. It's great. It's great. Good job. Cuba Gooding Jr. Beat out 50 other actors for that role. and I think they made the right choice.
0: Yeah. Um, but also, bad job, Good Gooder Jr. for all of those sexual assault allegations that came out this week. So, I'm talking specifically um, about the movie. <laughs> will you please stop congratulating Man. people for committing sexual assault? And did they come out this it's week? just, it really, I, I don't know. There, he was in the news this week for it. There's m- stuff. I didn't really pay attention. I just had a podcast that mentioned him. Two weeks ago. I'm trying, Gooden
3: Jr.? I'm trying to mentally process one this week going on. I've always said Cuba for his name. Uh, if it's Cuba, he's a commie. So, let's say Cuba. Mm. No, it's it's Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, okay. Uh
2: best actor in the uh that terrible Pearl Harbor movie.
0: I never saw that movie. I escaped that one.
2: Yeah. Oh. Uh I, I believe it it's a, to, I believe it's a line in a song from Team America with that uh uh I need you like Cuba Gooding needed a bigger part. He's way better than Ben Affleck. And uh I I, uh, I felt that line. <laughs> <laughs> Ben Affleck had way too much to do in that movie. Didn't it
0: have Josh somebody in it, but Josh not like Hartnett. a good Josh? Yeah, there we go. That's yeah. my one of my least favorite Hollywood Joshes right there.
2: Yeah, there but, are so many Joshes. Yeah, though. They, they took the tra- they took the whole thing of Pearl Harbor and turned it into a love triangle between Josh Hartnett, Ben Affleck, and Kate in Beckinsale. the USS oh, Minnesota.
0: That was the important thing about Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah. was the outcome <laughs> of that romance. Yeah, I think everybody kind of got ruined by Titanic. Where it was like
3: a, it's all about the
0: boats, right? It was like a really good romance, and you're like somehow that was like a good part of the movie, and it wasn't just about the boat exploding. Yeah, um, and so everybody thought they could do what James Cameron can do.
2: I would like to see a Titanic, but yeah, it's but, like uh, it's Michael like, Bay cannot not do what James Cameron does. Yeah, so.
3: yeah. I would like to see a Titanic, but it's like the uh, the the one of the planes that's crashed recently like the one that
0: you want to see planes crash
3: yes yes i want to see planes crash all the time no i want to see i want to see a titanic but it's about a plane going down over the indian ocean and just these two people like hey i'm in first class you're in coach whatever (laughs) (laughs) i feel like the
0: third act of the movie would be pretty short and (laughs) unfulfilled. It would just be like, oh, no, the plane is going down. And oh, yeah, no. It's, it's It
3: would just go down. It, so, sorry. Die. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's, and it's, then they It's a, they die. It's a short film. They get, oh, okay. <laughs> they get Interesting. Half, they get halfway through the Irish step dance before they all die. How
0: much can I invest in this
3: venture?
2: <laughs> Not enough. Okay, then. Weird pitch. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> Anyways, y'all have actually anything hey, more Tuga. about who's this the movie cutest we're talking hockey about? player
0: in the world? <laughs> yes, he's a hockey player we have in a cage canonically. Good boy, he
2: is. Anyways, y'all have anything else about the section we were talking about? Uh,
1: no, oh, you
3: can edit that out. Tom Cruise, aka Jeremy Maguire. Very glossy in this in this scene. I did notice that I called them glossy. It's a
2: weird choice of words, <laughs> it right? Is. It kind of describes them, though.
3: It, it, it does. Like, I'm not saying this necessarily wrong. It's just, uh, it's like a word that I would not have
2: chosen for this. I mean, I guess. Uh, anyways, meanwhile, Frank Cush Cushman, played by Jerry O'Connell, a superstar quarterback prospect who expects to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, initially also stays with Jerry after he makes a visit to the Cushman home. However, Sugar is able to convince Cushman and his father to sign with SMI over Jerry before uh, the night before the draft. Cushman's father implies they decided to sign with Sugar over Jerry when they saw Jerry attending to Tidwell instead of his son. Okay, this is an insane amount of the movie. Like, it fe- it feels like this is
3: a lot of the movie. It feels like this, like there was these a, three sentences. Well, yes, but it feels like there was a big gap between when. Uh, Cushman's dad said that he would that he would uh sign with that Jer- that his word was as good as oak hmm. and I don't sign
2: anything but my word is oak that's yeah. gonna go
3: well and the point where where we get to Jerry finding out that his word is not quite quote as good as oak
2: like I uh, it's it's just I don't know. I mean, it's not a ton of the movie. Like, it's basically, he goes to the house, they have that conversation, he drives back, and then the next scene is him at the draft. And But there's a lot of Cuba Gooding Jr. in that
3: particular scene. Like, the, the, there is a whole lot of him taking him across the floor, to promoting him, showing what he's trying to do with his philosophy, with what he's... Like, the whole plot of the movie is supposedly centering around jerry Maguire's philosophy of being more client-centric being more focused on this individual and yet we're kind of dismissing what he's trying to do with this person for what's happening with cushman
2: but fuck cushman it's probably because jerry walks uh rod tidwell around the floor of the draft hall that isn't to make for good recap i mean that's fair <laughs> yeah that's fair I mean, there, I'm there, not, is, there is there is I'm a just lot, that they, is a it, lot it, more that happens on screen than yeah.
3: these three sentences. But. It felt like there was a lot more that happened in the movie during that than uh, what's happening
0: in the They did what not even
2: about. mention the Free Fallen scene.
0: was that scene again?
2: It was the one after he goes to the Cushman house and they agree to uh, go back and he's oh, driving in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he keeps flipping <laughs> he like the radio channels the because he can't find anything that he knows the words well enough to sing along to. And then he finds Free Fallen by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And then.
3: Yeah, yeah, and then suddenly Tom Cruise is my dad. Tom Cruise stop being my dad.
0: Tom Cruise stop being
3: Mason's dad. Tom Cruise be more of my dad.
0: Mm. Would you rather have Tom Cruise or Nicolas Cage as your dad? Oh my god, (laughs) I would kill myself.
2: Holy shit! Wow, that's (laughs) extreme. Okay, but if 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 Tom Cruise is my dad, I have to be a member of Scientology, and I just that's do you feel like I do. Isn't his child not? And yeah, he so clearly, we have, clearly yeah. we have to go with so Nicolas Cage. Clearly we have
3: to go with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage would be the better dad here, you I you would think. never
0: see him. I mean,
2: yeah, but then I'd have the stigma of having that crazy man who jumped on the couch on Oprah as my dad.
3: Or you could have the crazy man who was asking about the bees uh, as
2: your dad. If I had to choose, it would Every definitely Every time you're walking
0: down the street, they'd be like, hey, Donovan, how about those bees?
2: Hey, the bees. If I had to choose, it would definitely be Tom Cruise, but it, it wouldn't be my, my first choice for who my dad
3: You know be. what? No. Hang on. Nicolas Cage, I think would be a great dad, and I base that entirely on his role in Kick-Ass.
2: He was a horrible father in
3: Kick-Ass. Oh, my God. Good call, baby doll. And then he shoots her with a gun. Good call, baby doll.
0: Uh, I choose Chris Hemsworth as my daddy. Um, right. Okay, okay. Let's Listen, keep going.
3: Sorry, if we're talking about people we want to uh, to be our
2: daddy. Yeah,
0: our daddy. Daddy. He's not really a daddy. He's not old enough to
2: be a daddy. I'm going to keep going. I need daddy. I'm going to keep going with the podcast now. Uh, after an argument, Jerry breaks up with his disgruntled fiance, Avery. He then turns to Dorothy, becoming closer to her young son, Ray, and eventually starts a relationship with her. Dorothy contemplates moving to San Diego as she has a secure job offer there. However, she and Jerry agree to get married. Jerry concentrates all his efforts on Rod, now his only client, who turns out to be very difficult to satisfy. Over the next several months, the two direct harsh uh, sorry, the two direct harsh criticism towards each other, with Rod claiming that Jerry is not trying hard enough to get him a A contract while Jerry claims that Rod is not proving himself worthy of the money for which he asks. One point of contention is that Rod is not very likable and comes across as aloof from the fans. Rod takes Jerry's advice to prove he is worthy of his contract. Rod is playing well and his team is winning. Meanwhile, Jerry's marriage with Dorothy gradually deteriorates and they eventually separate.
0: Remember that time when the Jerry Maguire kid was in that Like Mike movie? I and don't. also that vampire
2: movie. I do remember the vampire movie.
3: Remember when Tom Cruise uh, broke up with his fiance, got married, and then divorced within the same paragraph? Like, what the fuck? Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fine. I'm just, there's a lot of meta analysis of the Wikipedia summary here, um, which
0: I'm sure everyone will love. I mean, the summary that we all wrote personally. Yes. I get this ourselves. off Wikipedia. We don't write the recaps. No, we, Maybe we should hard for
2: this.
3: We look like, hard for the money. We don't get much money, though.
2: That, yeah, that seems like like writing the own recap seems like way too much work for how little I get paid, which is nothing. <laughs> yeah, <that's,
3: laughs> that is actually entirely fair. You get paid in the fun.
2: Is this fun, though? I look, feel like I just. I give you trident layers
3: every, every fucking week. Hey, look,
0: Donnie, we're a family here. It doesn't have to be all about the money,
3: it's about family
2: uh show me the money was that elvis (laughs) also show me the money jerry (laughs) good show me the money (laughs) good pivots (laughs) back to the movie (laughs) okay
3: i mean i don't even know what to say about all this aside from
0: all my favorite parts of the movie are over already what happens
3: then what what about cuba gooding jr being clearly the best husband ever
0: i mean that is cool i did write down as one of my five notes about the movie
3: that i love their relationship greatest relationship I love that relationship more than I love anything else in just about any other fucking movie.
0: Yeah. Also, Watchmen's about to start, so Regina King is pretty high on my list right now.
3: <laughs> oh, God. They're the, a good couple. I'm not sure how I feel about the Watchmen show.
0: Um, is it because you haven't watched it yet? That's why yes. you're not sure how you feel about it? Yes. Okay. I will say that uh, I felt like Jonathan Lipnicki was almost... He just... He, he, he Too cute. S- struck the perfect balance where, like, if I... If I see a kid that that's cute in a movie, I want to throw up, and it's just it <laughs> took me right to the edge of wanting to throw up, and I wasn't quite there to where I was just like this child is adorable. It was very well written in that he made he makes like no sense. He was the opposite of a precocious child. He was really annoying sometimes, really creepy when he's spouting off the facts about how much a human head weighs in the back <laughs> of the car.
2: It's, it's a good character. Yeah, I mean, I feel like. Love or hate this movie, I've never heard anybody say anything bad about Jonathan Libnicky. Like he's like the he's the poster boy of cute, like movie children who are just perfect in every way.
0: Yeah, and and isn't.
2: he's fucking jacked now.
0: He's used well in this. <laughs> oh yeah, movie. no, he's so swole. Yeah, he's used well in this movie too. I feel like he grounds Tom Cruise's character. Because Tom Cruise really quickly comes to care about him. Mm-hmm. And even in the parts of the movie where he seems to have fallen out of love with Renee
2: Zell... With Renee Zellweger. S- <laughs> you're currently um, recording a podcast. with snapping at the dog.
0: <laughs> I like how that's like the, <laughs> the low-key way that you're like, Okay, I'm doing an audio recording. How am I going to get this dog to come over here and serve this like Okay. <laughs> anyway... Um, but, yeah, so even when he was clearly falling out of love with Renee Zellweger, he was still really great with her kid. So you felt like he wasn't just being, like, an uninterested douche, right? Mm. He was just having trouble connecting with her, but he's still, like, a nice guy who's, I will like, a good th- there, dad. There
3: was, there was actually an aspect of the movie that I, I thought it was trying to make it kind of feel weird at that point, where, like, he was he was more connected with the kid than he was with her yeah, no, like, I, I definitely think that's
0: there. Well, that's what I, think that's what I was the, about to say. You saying said he has intimacy, intimacy issues with her yeah. or maybe with women in general.
2: Well, that's what I was going to say. You said, you said as he was falling out of love with Renee Zellweger, I would argue that uh, until the end of the movie, he was never really in love with Renee Zellweger. He just yeah, loved fair. her kid and thought she was all right. Yeah. And, you know, didn't want to lose that. Mm-hmm that relationship that he formed with them because he's terrified of being alone, which is a big theme in this movie. A lot of people bring that up. So he marries her on a whim to keep her from moving to San Diego.
0: Yeah. But I I think having that there shows that he's not just like, he's not being purely opportunistic, right? He's not just like trying to keep his accountant or whatever, you know, he's just, there's an element of human caring here that is tying him to this relationship. He has an emotional connection to both of
2: them. It's just to be able to marry a woman, you need to love her and her kid not just her kid and be like yeah she's pretty cool right? i think you know? he
3: just doesn't know where he's at this is kind of where the what the movie's trying to say yeah, at this point
0: yeah and part of my thing is that it's you know they they bring this up early on with his uh bachelor party video you know about mm-hmm. how he doesn't i don't know what he, he can't be alone and you know he clearly doesn't connect emotionally with people very well and this woman that he is getting married to is like him like she's very career driven and kind of can be cold yeah um and I feel like I don't uh, remember where I was going with the sentence. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep spiraling. Well, until where says, well, okay, hey, so
3: I, I, th- I think I know what you're trying to get at where he, he doesn't, what they're trying to get at with him is that he doesn't know, he doesn't handle, he needs a relationship, but he doesn't know how to actually be in a relationship to some extent. Yeah, and.
0: And I feel like it might be like part of my problem. Where like I don't understand exactly where he turned around on Renee Zellweger, um, to where like I can't tell. I'd have to watch it again, but I can't tell if he was supposed to be in love with her for longer, and he just there's some block in him that he can't get over.
2: I think that's what you know? the implication. He won't go out was. on a limb. I think that's what the implication. Well, like he he was in love with her. Like even when they got married, he was in love with her. But it's just like he couldn't let himself like. Admit that or something like that, because like I feel like because like the whole catalyst or whatever why he runs back and the whole you know you complete me scene and all that stuff, yeah, you know, tears all that stuff. But uh, yeah. was just because like he he realized you know this big moment that's happening, you know where you know Rod is, you know living up to the living up to his name or whatever, and can, can get the contract and the company's about to blow up and everything like that, and he just realized that it like wasn't complete without her there so i think it's just like he had to slowly
3: yeah it's not complete without your accountant
2: well Um, somebody had to write down the the numbers (laughs) also i think i think spending time with rod and seeing his relationship with his family i think kind of sparked something too a little bit yeah i I kind of wish that
0: they had explicitly tied that in a little bit more because there's definitely that element of you know rod and his wife were the fucking best they really
2: fucking were
0: yeah
3: fantastic the entire time
0: it seems like they'd have like a positive effect on the relationships of mm-hmm. anyone who was around them um and then also and i feel like the only moment that they really explicitly dwelled on that is like they were feeling bad by comparison when they were having like lunch or whatever with them
1: yeah
0: um but then also his relationship with rod you know because like rod is this unique person where he doesn't like it was almost like he didn't really let jerry like pull away in any way you know in like a professional sense but you know Mm -hmm. he's very much a guy who like says what he's thinking and is willing to like have the arguments out with jerry and i felt like you could have tied that into that he's like learning to connect with people a little Mm -hmm. bit that way you know and that ties in thematically with this whole thing of like we need to be better to our clients be more personable yeah but i just didn't really feel it
2: yeah i mean i feel like you get a little bit of like if you know jerry and rod kind of Get closer as the movie goes on, and they end up having more personal conversations outside of the sports thing. You know, Rod's constantly talking to him about, you know, how he needs to be with uh, Dorothy and all that stuff. Like they actually like talk about mm-hmm. that or whatever. Like you know, you can't shoplift the booty. Like with one of the. I didn't shoplift the booty.
3: <laughs> okay, I did okay, shoplift. I did, okay, the I poody.
2: shoplifted the booty. <laughs> yeah. Huh. How's your marriage, Jerry? It's a little. Sassy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sassy. I mean, part which of that rod is great.
3: Yeah. I mean, a lot of this is focused on Jerry's intimacy problem, which is always in any movie that deals with the issue of an intimacy problem. Very vague, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just a very generalized thing, but like, I feel like throughout the movie, it's Jerry trying to deal with his intimacy problem. Very like, intellectually trying to deal with it mm-hmm. but by the end of it that's that's where he's like emotionally dealing with it if that makes any sense yeah where, where where he's like yeah i know this is a problem i know this is a problem that i have and i'm going to try to like intellectually force it through but it's not just intellect it's you you have to feel the shit right
0: you have to feel the shit
3: you gotta feel the shit you
0: gotta feel the shit before you get married you can't
3: shoplift the shit. You got to feel the shit. You can't shoplift the booty.
2: Do you know dogs and bees can smell fear? <laughs> Fascinating.
3: <laughs> maybe, right. maybe Nick Cage should have played uh the kid.
0: All right, so moving on. <laughs>
3: moving on.
2: Uh during a Monday Night Football game between the Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys, Rod plays well but appears to receive a serious injury when catching a winning touchdown, securing a spot for the Cardinals in the playoffs. He recovers, however, and dances for the wildly cheering crowd. Afterwards, Jerry and Rod embrace in front of other athletes and sports agents and show how their relationship has progressed from a strictly business one to a close personal one, which was one of the points Jerry made in his mission statement. He then flies back home to meet Dorothy, telling her that he loves her and wants her in his life, which he accepts. Rod later appears on Roy Firestone's sports show. Unbeknownst to him, Jerry has secured him an $11.2 million contract with the Cardinals, allowing him to finish his pro football career in Arizona. The visibly emotional Rod proceeds to thank everyone and extends warm gratitude to Jerry. Jerry speaks with several other pro athletes, some of whom have read his earlier mission statement and respect his work with Rod. Uh, The movie ends with Ray throwing a baseball up in the air. That's a horrible way of putting it. He throws the baseball really far over a fence and uh, surprising Jerry. Jerry then discusses Ray's possible future career in the sports industry with Dorothy. Because
3: Jerry's all about the money, bitch. Show me the money, bitch. There's a little Jesse
0: Peekman for you there. I love black people. Yo, Mr. White, bitch. (laughs) Science. (laughs) Bitch. Yo, Gatorade me, bitch. Magnets.
3: (laughs) How do they work?
0: bitch <laughs> <laughs> god damn it feel like you're know, pretty what? close to like the it's britney bitch there. also i
2: feel like i need to say something very important this monday night football game between the cardinals and dallas cowboys is based on a real game and in this movie the cardinals win but i need to let you know that in real life this game the cowboys won go cowboys Weedin in boys fuck all of y'all
0: yeah, Woo, we, I hope we, we fire our coach. She's the worst. Weeden boys. He's really
3: bad. Years ago. <laughs> Please fire me. This is my voice. We, well, we're all done. We're all some levels of Cowboys fans here. <laughs> we are all
0: some level of Cowboys. <laughs> to the
3: point that some people feel like they feel the need to correct a clearly fictional movie, and other people it's important. Other, it was in
2: the trivia section,
3: and other people have a. I perfectly functional Jason Garrett
2: impression. That Just sounds nothing like I, Jason Garrett. I am
0: not Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. I am also not Kermit the Frog. I am Jason Garrett.
3: Oh
2: goddamn it. I wish I remember the, the words. Too. Also the Cowboys are winning 27 to 10 right now. I know I Google that already. <laughs> Who are they playing? The Eagles. The Eagles. Yes.
3: Suck it, Wait, but Eagles. I like
0: the Eagles. Fuck you, Philadelphia. Oh, I mean, fuck you, Philadelphia. Is <laughs> anyway, it bad if it's... I like all the other teams
2: that are in our little division? No, they, yes. You're not allowed to. win to. if we don't win. Why do we hate them? Because they suck.
0: It's like a, you know, it's like, it's, it's, I don't, I don't know. You can't like
2: people in your division. It's, it's against like, the law.
0: I like people in my city better than people in other cities. Not really that much. But then <laughs> I like people you, in my state better than people in other states, right? Not really that
3: much. <laughs> I disagree with that. (laughs) Listen, no one should like Philadelphia. Philadelphia, you understand. All our Philadelphia (laughs) listeners, you understand why. I
0: don't have any listeners. (laughs) Anyway, do I have to tell you this? We got
3: eight engagements on my tweet about Mission Impossible.
0: Honestly, it seems like maybe we've picked up a listener or two.
3: Yes. Maybe. A listener or two. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of our hearts. Maybe
0: Aaron's just finally getting around to listen. We also
2: got Scott to listen a little
1: bit.
0: don't turn it down. Don't turn us off. Mason
2: yells in the mic when he's drunk. I'm (laughs) sorry. I'm sorry. You're right to turn me down. Anyways, back to the movie, since we actually haven't talked about this last portion.
0: here. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's fine. I feel like this... uh, Wikipedia summary. I'm going to continue to criticize it as we have been. Um, I feel like it's trying to do a little bit of emotional work for this movie here, where it's like, look, it shows that their business relationship has become a personal one, and you know, kind of ties it into the, the romance aspect. And I and, feel and like it's not a
3: lot of that. On remember, everyone, fuck your secretary.
0: Yeah, f- she's not a secretary. She's an accountant.
2: I also, that's not what the beginning of the summary well, said. Well, that that's was wrong. True. That was a mistake on my part. I actually wrote that. This is why I don't do the... <laughs> the recaps because huh. i wrote sorry, secretary and then realized as i was saying it that she was not the secretary she was an accountant yeah
0: honestly she's probably in a company this small she's probably like the
2: cfo or something like that yeah no she's two, a two-person very, company she's very important to this company yeah.
3: <laughs> hang on what position does ray hold uh, emotional support he's a child he's not employed he's he's, by uh, the he's head of hr
2: coffee boy He's, Got it. he's head of HR. Okay.
0: Ray is one of those names where I feel like it's a perfectly functional adult name, but isn't it a really fucking weird name when you're
2: a kid? Well, like it's like a
0: Walter or something. Like have you ever met a yeah. six year old named can, Ray can't, before? I
2: can't imagine That's how I feel with my dad, Daryl. I feel like Daryl's kind of like an adult Dary. name. Daryl. Like, I don't know. I always thought that growing up. I'm like, How are you a kid named Daryl? Your dad's name is Daryl? I thought your dad's name was Lance for some reason. No. (laughs) Or or like Lars or something? No. I'm making the... Lorenzo. Uh, Lorenzo Bruce.
0: That might be my my college roommate I was thinking of.
3: Never mind. Anyways. I mean, so this this portion of the movie, very heartfelt. Very fun
2: in that sense. I will... I do think the scene where uh, Rod's hurt on the field and he's on the phone call with... Yeah, that was rough. The The wife, I thought that was an exceptionally well-acted scene by both Tom Cruise and Regina King. Yeah, yeah. And and Cuba Gooding Jr. He was lying on the ground yeah. motionless. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> I believed that he was on the ground motionless. He was great. I also enjoyed uh, But Cuba also, getting uh, Rod Tidwell's uh, kid, Tyson. Yeah. That's my mofo. <laughs> I feel like that was earlier. It was during this football game. Well, is she definitely? Okay. It may have yeah. been during this football it, game. it was before he got hurt. It yeah. Was, but, where yeah. she lectured him about where she how? came over he's like, why don't you be the first person in this family to not use that word? <laughs> okay, mom. That's funny. Uh,
3: but yeah, also, I mean, yeah, he was lying on the ground unconscious, but the scene after where he's hugging Jerry, honestly, that scene was fucking beautiful. Well, that was a good scene too. I loved it. I loved it so much.
2: Uh, I believe that is uh, uh, where their relationship progressed from a strictly business one to a close personal one.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <'cause laughs> and then, they and hugged. And then it's Jerry Maguire and Cuba Gooding, Cuba Gooden- Rod Tidwell, there we go, went home and banged it out. They didn't do that. They did it. This movie's not gay. It could be. No. <laughs> <laughs> if it wanted to be.
0: No. And it, they could have written they will it that way. I'll not have that in my house. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it could have been.
0: As long as you live under my roof, you'll live by my rules, okay. which means you will be bisexual.
2: Now that we're closing into the end, right, I'm sorry. to the end of the discussion of the movie, and I do want fans. to I do want to talk about two characters that were left out of this recap that are my favorite characters. One is and I cannot remember his name, Carl the nanny Cool. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't remember if that the guy who was obsessed with jazz. The guy who was really into fucking jazz. I really man. liked that character. Also, they didn't even mention Laurel. Dorothy's sister. She was who's, great. Who's Yanni? She was great.
3: Uh, Lo- Laurel was a was a big part of this
2: and She was great as uh, the as the uh divorcee who's just completely like skeptical of like love very skep- and- <laughs>
3: very skeptical but also very supportive the entire time very supportive of dorothy well, and nobody yeah. else but but yeah but like this shit comes up with him and and dorothy's like yeah but i i, I believe this all right cool fine i'm here and hey, love, dogs. <laughs> Hi, dogs. <You> know, <laughs> welcome to the podcast, dogs. That
0: does also uh, hockey player, Tuka, whatever that guy's last name is.
3: Um, hey, let's Mike Tuka.
0: Yeah, Mike Tuka. Mike Are you sure? That doesn't sound
3: right. That's a terrible idea. I don't think that's what you said.
0: Oh, you mean, okay. I thought you were telling me that his name was Mike Tuka. You were saying, let's give a microphone to this hockey player who we've trapped in a cage.
3: Hello, Michael Tuka. <laughs> so
0: anyway, this brings up another point that... Um, I feel like there was this you know, they had this like divorced woman's, you know, support, support group group. Yeah. Which seemed pretty cool, actually, you know, it's just like ten women getting together and talking. It and seems cool. I feel like the movie was weirdly hostile toward them. Yeah, you know, they were extremely like,
3: hostile toward them. It, they they were they existed to give like kind of Feminist talking points, quote unquote, yeah, and then immediately destroy them. Like the, the, the whole point was to make them seem like a, a kind of irrational or just disposable. Well, yeah, I feel
0: like, like there are like multiple characters who are like, "Why would you listen to all those divorced women?" Yeah, this is like, <laughs> well, I also feel like they made
2: okay. like the discussion that the divorced women had was like a feminist, yes, but like hostile feminism like men are the enemy all the time and fuck men and I hate them and men should die. And then, right. And well, then okay. dorm, so dorm, it wasn't like talking thing.
0: about your hobbies or anything. Yeah, so like so
3: we'll get into this with, with Andrew's section, I'm sure. But, <laughs> Oh yes. Thank okay. you. Keep talking. Thank you. Keep talking. Um, well, well, I'm sure we'll get into this, but like there's a whole, there's a whole aspect to this where, um, Oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Trying to we'll say. get there we'll talk about it in my section fine we'll talk about it in your section
2: <laughs> but no like the the whole t- every time they're talking it's all about how men are the enemy and how love is dead and how all that stuff and then at the end uh dorothy's in their group because she's separated or whatever and then she's like yeah maybe men are the enemy but i still love the enemy so what i was going to say there
3: was that yes they do that and in doing so they make like every every test we might have going forward here the the problem is that the entire group is just constantly talking about men like uh i don't know they're constantly talking about their problem as though as though it's men you're you're right like that's not what that's not what feminism generally is it's not what feminist groups generally talk about and It really undermines the female characters that are in the movie because it makes them, like, even in conversations that they could be having with a group of other women talking about a variety of other things, they just end up talking about the dudes.
2: Yeah, because they're the enemy. We have to kill them all. Uh, I don't want to get killed.
3: We have to kill oh, all gay. of yeah. We have to kill all Yay. of the straight. Girls.
0: Can I be all their best friends? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, can I be friends with all of these divorced women? I, I we can be talk friends with... about
3: how guys are the worst. Can I please be friends with these divorced women with you?
0: No,
2: no, you're straight. But can no. I? Can I do it no. without
3: wanting to bang them? No, you no. hetero
2: cis white male. No. All
3: right, hang on. No, we're not going to start that shit.
0: <laughs> no. I just. You gotta be gayer.
3: All right, how many do you say? Here, touch
0: my hand. Maybe you'll be gay. All right, think about Chris Hemsworth. What are you feeling? I'm feeling proud. Okay. Okay, think about Tom Holland. What do you think about?
3: Tom Holland? Uh Uh-huh. feeling he looks a little bit like a child to me.
0: All right, all right. Thinking about Michael B. Jordan. What are you thinking now?
3: Oh, God, I'm erect.
0: Okay, yeah. All right, all right. Okay, all right. Okay, I think we're good. I think you're gay now. That's how it works. We can turn people gay. It's one of our powers. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. That's fun. Also, flying.
3: Michael oh. B-, B. Jordan's hot as shit, though. I know, right? <laughs> like, extremely. Have you seen Creed? Um, I haven't. I need to. I don't like sports <laughs> movies,
0: and I saw Creed on opening
3: night. <laughs> <laughs> there we go, folks. A uh, tweet at us about how hot do you think Michael B. Jordan is? From a ten out of ten to uh, an eleven to twelve to thirteen to twenty out of ten. I don't I got lost in all those numbers. Um, I think Mason got lost in
2: all those numbers. <laughs> Did you fucking hammer um <laughs> also I mean it's a to win it
0: <laughs> tweet us about anything. Um, interact with us, please. It'll make me feel a lot better about this podcast and make me less likely to quit in the next three to four weeks.
3: Oh. Eight interactions with our last tweet. It's cool. actually like both. Okay, high what's an interaction though? Uh, clicking on it okay <laughs> cool that, that, that's all that's all the information i get how many times did you click on it none hmm,
2: well there we go anyways you got anything else about jerry Maguire? any no. other talking points no <laughs> kind of breezed over that last section but i mean
3: yeah. okay so that the last section is like the it's the quotable rom-com section of the movie right
0: I mean, the whole movie is quotable. Um, it is. I just, I didn't feel that last scene, honestly, just because, like I said, the romance didn't work for me. So the whole, and also the way that they play that scene, is he comes in, and Renee Zellweger is acting creeped out the whole time, and then her response is, "You had me at hello." And I was like, clearly, he did not have you at hello. Like <laughs> but Andrew, you were scared that yes, you had me at hello. Okay, well, okay. Think about Tom Cruise during that Fifth Mission Impossible movie. All right, what are you feeling?
3: Oh, he could have been Nicholas
0: Cage. Well, okay,
2: okay. Whoa, uh, <laughs> all right. On Take that, all the gay back. <laughs> on that note, let's talk about some fun facts and background info on Jerry Maguire.
1: <laughs> She'll let you in her house if you come knocking. All right. Well,
2: another very successful film from Tom Cruise. Budget 50 million, box office 273.6 million. Uh very well received as well. 83% from critics, 79 publicly. Um I'm not putting that as a stunt, Andrew, that you changed uh, the, he, I don't think he, the director begged him not to do that I flipping out did. scene. Yeah. He did not have stunts in this movie. <laughs> oh, Are you okay. sure that if the director
3: I'm, didn't have to give him a neuro uh, like a neurotoxin I'm, to make him
2: flip out? Cameron Crowe is not <laughs> Oliver Stone, so I'm pretty confident he did not um, <laughs> flipping out neurotoxin. <laughs> he just makes to flip flipping out
0: all the time. <laughs> uh, please go YouTube that scene. Even if you don't watch this movie, just YouTube
2: Tom Cruise flipping out. Anyways, <laughs> there was a decent amount of running in the scene, surprisingly. Or in this movie from Tom Cruise, surprisingly. Hang on. I'm trying it's, to think. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's, it's him running through the airport trying oh. to get back to Dorothy at the end in yeah. slow motion. That was the big one that's coming out. Him, yeah. him running out onto the field when Rod gets hurt. Like, there's a shit ton of running, dude. Yeah, absolutely. No, he was as a-, a As a sports agent, there's a lot of running from him. It's a, Pro- it, I think maybe it's more sports agent for a reason. I think Tom Cruise may have run more in this than Rod Tidwell, who was the athlete. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, anyways, I believe Andrew has some check uh, checklist based movie analysis. Yes, because we love checklists and we love movie analysis. <laughs> yeah. And that's all this has
0: ever been
3: about Andrew's <gasps> okay. lady problems. So, <laughs> what? What? <laughs>
0: We rejected are that you name. Calling me a lady because I'm gay because that's really offensive. Wow, that's homophobic. Wow, Mason.
3: No, I'm saying you have Mason, problems with ladies you are because you're a gay. Very.
0: Oh no, they love me. <laughs> they love me. We talk about Idris Elba together. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> wait, can I come? No.
3: <laughs> I already did. No. Oh God. <laughs> okay. So anyway,
0: the Bechdel test. Are there two women in this movie?
3: Yes. Yeah. There are.
0: Are they named? Yes. Yeah. Do they talk to each other? Yes. Mm-hmm. And
2: this is the sister in Renee Zellweger, right? Yeah, Laurel and Dorothy. Okay. Who's Yanny? I don't know anyone named Yanny. <laughs> this is a great joke. Uh, I love that you don't get it. <laughs> Hopefully somebody listening to this gets it. Uh, okay. Uh, are you doing the whole Laurel and, and... Hardy? Laurel and like that word that like some people see different. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, it's
0: that word that some people see differently. Um, was it not about a man?
3: I don't think so. I think through most of the movie like all of the times that the women were talking to each other it's
2: almost entirely about a man. Okay, are we counting talking about Ray as talking about a man? Yes. Ray's a man. Yes.
0: I Not feel because like, I
2: feel like that's that, I feel like with the spirit of the test them discussing her son is not necessarily I feel like the spirit of the
3: test is lowest bar possible, which is they should be able to talk about someone other than her son. Well,
0: so I disagree. I see what you're saying, is that it seems like it's often, we're saying that we don't want a woman to just be completely wrapped up in romance. But to me, I'm like, the problem is that often women are only talking about their sons, their fathers, or their boyfriends. Mm Mm-hmm whereas male characters are frequently talking about a million things that are not that yeah. i know that the sister has one line to her when she asks about like her health insurance which i think i would like to define as not about a man because that's about insurance yeah um, but uh, i know that it sort of like ties into like you left with tom cruise to it be was part about of his company that. but it's but it was about the insurance and we're going for the low bar, right? Huh?
3: Huh? I just—I don't think it passes. I—I th- I, uh, I do. A lot of it centers around him. A lot of the, uh, the like the entirety of the feminist group, the, the divorcee group centers around men. Like th- I did
2: look up. Uh, I did just Google. Does Jerry Maguire pass the Bechdel test? And uh, consensus seems to be it uh, does not pass that last test. So.
0: Oh damn! Two of the three tests. Yep. According to Alex. Yep. In 2018. I, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Fair enough. We're gonna say no then. Uh, I tried Jerry Maguire. I did. Uh, yeah my opinion doesn't count sex- random
3: web search though let's do it
0: yeah what's well, not a random web search it's a website called Fine.
3: specific web search
0: also your opinion does count it's just part of the preponderance of evidence that we were using <laughs> to Fine. consider this case you should Fine. know that because you are a professional lawman <laughs> um, so sexy lamp test was renee Zellweger a sexy lamp
2: no
3: what does she do to influence the plot? Otherwise, though,
0: that she
2: couldn't do if she were a sexy lamp. Yeah, you, you can't take you can't take Renee Zellweger to a sexy lamp, and the movie. Why? It.
3: Like I'm trying. I'm trying to think of aspects of this.
0: Yeah, not because I don't believe or, you, but just because I mean, there's just no, so we can specifically say like what, what plot element, well, what part of the story wouldn't make sense if she were a like lamp? honestly,
2: it's, honestly the biggest story about this is you know tom cruise you know getting through his barriers and accepting the fact that he loves Renee Zellweger. he wouldn't be able to do that with a lamp
3: excellent i can respect my barriers that i really want a fucking lamp
2: man i, I don't know i personally think this passes the sexy lamp test
0: i don't know i'm not sure if it does I, i'm having a hard time thinking specifically
3: i can't think of where she influences the plot that that's that's just, my main i just feel problem. like
2: something where the main plot point is the romance like i just i feel like she was. I feel like she was a developed enough character that she's not a sexy lamp. Like,
0: But I feel like in a r- romantic sense, that's almost what the sexy lamp thing is there for. Like if she's just an object of romance and her becoming a lamp doesn't make the story fall apart.
2: I mean, I could also make the argument that, you know, his business wouldn't have gotten off the ground without her. We, I, feel, I feel like at, I feel like especially at the beginning, she's really the one that kind of takes charge with that business because he's showing up to her house drunk and talking about, uh, talking telling Ray that the Zeus fucking closed, and then while she's the one who's actually doing all the like legwork at the beginning, all he's there is the face.
3: Listen, I can rant That's to funny, the lamp too. It's legwork, and the sexy lamp is a sexy leg. Yes, <laughs> um, goddamn man. <laughs> well, so like the main thing that I can think about in terms of the business is when, when. Uh, they meet with Rod and his wife, and she gets into kind of
2: the well, there, shouting s- match with her. But even then... I mean, there's several... Se- well, first off, that that scene right there is what conv- kind of convinced Rod's wife to not, like, call Bob Sugar and everything like that. So mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of hard for a sexy lamp to do that. Uh, I will- post-it note is allowed.
3: Would a post-it note do that? This is no. a tough one. This is a p- tough one to. Also, there there was there
2: there were several scenes of her doing like stuff for the business that I feel like was important. Also, a sexy lamp cannot raise that beautiful child.
3: Jonathan, that is a sexy. lamp.
2: Okay, whoa, all right. We
0: are all going to disavow <laughs> that immediately. I sorry, like The sorry. secretary of the IMF would. <laughs> you have been burned.
3: Sorry, I'm talking modern. I Jonathan Lipnicki, where he is an oh, adult Okay, and a an swole as hell. Qualification, all I, right. <laughs> well, I,
2: I would say I am all on board for this passing the sexy lamp test. I feel like she contributes more than a sexy lamp would. Does she contribute a ton to the movie? Maybe not, but more than a sexy lamp. I'm
3: really torn on this.
0: Yeah, me too. Just because the specific phrasing of the test is like, would the story make sense if she were a sexy lamp? I agree that we lose some things, and like sexy lamps can't be accountants, but I feel like the story would still make sense just because she doesn't...
3: The story's
2: not based around accounting ability, right? uh... Okay, yeah, it fails the Makomori test. I feel like the sexy lamp test should be... Like really obvious if they're a sexy lamp, and this one I feel.
3: But she was a thing to be won. She was a thing that was won when he recognized that. Well, when both when he recognized this thing with with Rod, right? Like, well, she when, was al-
2: she was also a she was also a struggling mother who was dealing who was dealing with her kid, and she had a strained relationship with her sister, and she was uh, she took a chance on this guy, guys like Vision and went with him to his new company and helped start up that company like she she you know, I don't think you're giving her character enough credit. She does a lot more than just the prize at the end. I feel like she's a lot more of a nuanced character than than you're you're giving her credit for. So I guess I guess question
3: is what is the plot? Well like what what is the overall plot arc? And what impact does she have on it?
2: I mean, I still maintain the main plot arc here is the romance story. And I feel like it's really hard for something, a romance story, to fail the sexy lamp test because, I mean, you can't have a romance story with a fucking lamp. I mean, I get you could, but I don't think this one applies. (laughs) Hmm. I
0: I feel like that's the prototypical sexy lamp situation, though, Um, as if a woman is just an object to be one. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of in the middle on this one. But I
2: mean, I would I would I would argue um, that that that's not her only role is just to be one. Like you know, she has facets to her character that are you know, outside I, I mean, of the I, relationship. I agree with you
0: that she's a
1: fleshed
2: out yeah, character. Yeah, I know she
0: has I a just, son. I just don't think that that's what the sexy lamp is about. I think sexy lamp is about do you impact the plot? Does the story make sense if your character is essentially removed um, and replaced with a sexy lamp? And I think it might in this case I'm a little fuzzy Because I don't remember a lot of the stuff in the middle um, How about Regina King? Is she not a sexy lamp in this? I mean, she specifically influences Cuba Gooding Jr. not to So uh,
3: We're talking Rod Tidwell's wife, right? Yes Yeah,
0: yeah. Or uh, or maybe Tom Cruise's original girlfriend in this movie? Uh, Are they not sexy lamps? Maybe we can get like a Avery is definitely
2: a sexy lamp because she's she's she just has a post
0: it note that says "I
2: break up with you." I mean, you could kind of yeah. Well, honestly, you could you could take an eraser and erase that whole character, and it would not impact the movie at all. Okay, so I'm pretty sure
3: if if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, sexy lamp revolves around the main female lead.
0: I mean, I think I've said that. I don't know that it's technically in the sexy lamp. T- I mean, the sexy fair lamp test just comes from like a Tumblr post or something. But
3: fair enough. I think, um, I think, I think Rod's wife actually has more of an impact than that, because I think that he would have fallen in line with Jerry earlier if she hadn't said something. Okay. I think she's part of part of the reason that. And, I mean, this still, this would absolutely fail the Makomori, Mori, but the, I think this still falls in line with, the, uh, with being part of Rod's storyline is kind of a rejection of, like, Rod seems willing, if not entirely, into the idea of going with Jerry's ideas. I mean, but I think she is the one that's like, no, you're not going to just, like, cave to this shit. You're gonna do what you like, I'm what you bring- were born to do, baby. You're gonna do what you, what you're built to do. You're gonna be Rod, goddamn Tidwell, not this, not this product to be sold, not this, whatever excess bullshit that she's that she and her family
2: are worried about. All of them are worried about. Right. I'm gonna go back to Dorothy here because I, I feel like you know. His whole relationship with with her affects a lot of his decisions in the in his pro, in his professional life as well. You know what what with their separating and all that stuff, and like I I just feel like I feel like you can't just take her character out. I feel like that kind of takes away any emotional weight in the movie, and a f- takes away a lot of the decision making process that he makes in a lot of situations. Like I feel like she's kind of a. An, integral part of this film and the film doesn't really work without her i think that's kind of the point of the of the sexy lamp test but even
3: their relationship like he's way more interested in her kid than he is in her eventually
2: but that that's a big part too is him is him realizing that he actually does love her and getting through his block like his his like um fucking intimacy issues and all that stuff And also, I am going to keep reiterating this, because I feel like this is important. The company would not have started without Dorothy Boyd. This movie does not exist without Dorothy Boyd. I am 110. Why not? Because she was the one who did all of the groundwork to get that business off the off the ground all he did was write a manifesto and freak out in the office she was the one who got the business started i was just
0: saying that like if you like if okay if she's a sexy lamp right and so tom cruise this is great this is the best sexy lamp argument we I, feel ever like, had. I feel like i feel like y'all are
2: overthinking really the sexy lamp thing we I, might be but no, I, I, like, no, let, I'm, let's I'm, talk about
0: it i'm going to stand by my decision here i think this sexy lamp test is something different from what you're saying um so i think that if you took her out and replaced her with a sexy lamp right tom cruise is leaving the company And he says, I'm taking this lamp with me. Um, And then the next few scenes are like him, you know, gathering his few clients and starting to try to run his business. That's still largely the same story, right? I mean, I know what you're saying. Like in the background of the story, you know, the story says that she, you know, is part of starting this company. But if you removed her and she wasn't, you wouldn't watch that and be like, that's bullshit. This is like an invalid story that doesn't make sense. Because like this dude couldn't go start a company by himself. He would need an accountant to go with him. you know. So I just think that she, whereas if you replace Jerry Maguire with a lamp, the whole story just invariably collapses and makes no sense.
2: I mean, I just yeah. I, I, I feel like if you took her character out and replaced with a lamp, this would be a 15-minute movie about a guy leaving a company and getting into fights with his client until his client does good.
0: But that's not just fifteen minutes of the movie. I mean, that's a lot of the movie. You know, him with Cuba Gooden Jr.
2: Yeah, which um, a lot of their conversations are about him and you know, it's like them at the so draft that loses all that.
0: Uh, he's telling about his sexy lamp.
2: I mean, I guess he you know hangs just, out with the kid. He hangs out with the lamp. I think the romance plot line is such a big part of this movie. It's hard to take her character out and still have a cohesive movie. I feel like this is a, rom- a romance movie in with a sports drama kind of laid on top of it. I feel like the romance is the biggest part. Hmm. And like I like that's what I got from it that this is a romance movie that has elements of sports kind of around it. Okay. This is and almost so- the
0: opposite to me just screen time wise. I felt like we spent so much more time on the The sports stuff and the business stuff. Well, because I I mean, I I just
2: I just feel like even with all the sports stuff and the business stuff, his relationship with Dorothy is like always on his mind, is always influencing, like, the things he says and the things he does because he's constantly. And like, you get that if
0: he really loves his lamp, I mean, you know, if he's just really taken up, like even his realization, like his thing that turns him around on the whole romance, right? Like she's not even a part of that that was him i mean the movie's called jerry Maguire. it's a romance but the movie's called jerry Maguire. and then the the reason he turns around on the relationship isn't because like they had a conversation and they talked or she influenced him but it was because he was at he saw cuba jr get hurt and he's like i really wish my lamp was here with me i don't know i feel like she's a little bit of a sexy lamp it sounds like we disagree on this we we may be at an impasse mako Mori test
2: fails okay moving on
0: all right, any unsung heroes in this movie?
2: Bob Sugar. Oh no, <laughs>
0: that guy seems like Ooh. a villain. Though uh, I'm gonna say the sister; she doesn't get a lot of love in this movie, but I think she's pretty cool. She kind of seems like she's maybe letting Renee Zellweger like live with her. Sure, you know she's got this support group that it seems like she's pulling in. What was she's what was the babysitter's the name whole time.
2: again? oh that guy yeah i said carl but oh, i don't he know did if that's le- he true. left that jazz carl. song right that he did
0: big part of starting their relationship okay uh Lestats and louis i'm sorry Lestats and louis <laughs> you guys got any Lestats or louis for this movie i think for me the listat is regina king because she's not a big character she's a great actress she stands yep. out a lot and their relationship is like the best part of the movie for me her um, and, Louis, and Cuba
3: Gooding Jr. honestly, like together, can both be Lestats. I think. Yeah. Can Louis just be the divorcee group? Kind because of. They're yeah, super, because can, they're super 100%, fucking depressing. Yes, hundred percent.
0: They are kind of depressing. Uh, and then, um, yeah. Uh, also, Louis them.
3: Carl. I'm assuming we're just agreeing. His name is Carl, <laughs> but he's an unsung hero. <laughs> he can also be um, a Louis. That's true. Louis was technically uh, the hero of that. Also, Bob Sugar.
0: Okay, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't have time to think about this because I was so fascinated by our sexy Chad was the name of the name. Wow, Chad, that's kind of like
2: the opposite of what you would think.
0: Um, okay, that's all I got.
2: All right, well, some trivia here. Uh, <laughs> we just went past that quick. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Lipnicki showed up on the set one day telling everybody that the human head weighs eight pounds. Oh, my God. And Crowe liked it so much oh that he wrote god. it into the script. So that was actually Jonathan Lipnicki oh my fucking being god! an adorable, really weird oh. child. Jonathan so Lipnicki. So
3: adorable and weird.
2: Uh, also, this film was kind of the film that uh, started... Things for Renee Zellweger because she admitted that the day she was cast in this film, that it had been so long since she'd had work that uh, she didn't have enough uh, enough of a balance to make a withdrawal from the ATM. Oh no! So this is kind of the movie that uh, I, I guess this implied she had a bit of a career before this. This is kind of the one. This is yeah. kind of the uh, risky business of Renee Zellweger, I guess. No, okay. Uh, obviously not to that level, but sure. She um, fought the she fought the pimp named Guido. We're good. I mean, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a very quotable movie. Uh, two lines from the movie are in AFI's top 100 movie quotes. Uh, show me the money and you had me at hello. Um, I've heard those so many fucking times in my life. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's also the... I've never seen this movie before we watched it. How the... Like, yeah. And I mean, outside of those ones that didn't make the list that are still super quotable, Help Me Help You is a big one. Sure. Uh, you Complete Me. Those are all really big, very quotable stuff that a lot of people will know the quotes but may not Mm -hmm. even know they're from this movie because they've never seen this movie.
3: Like It was wild watching this movie because most of the lines felt like they were just shit that I'd heard before even
2: though I'd never seen the goddamn movie. And I'm wondering if that almost is a detriment to the movie for people who haven't seen it and have seen all those references because I saw this movie before. I saw this movie when I was a kid. Like, probably right around when it came out. So I heard all these lines, and Mm -hmm. I guess, like, I mean, I was a kid, so it probably didn't have as much of an emotional impact, but, you know, hearing these really, like, classic lines for the first time probably had, like, an emotional impact, and I feel like hearing the, you have me, hello, and you complete me, it just loses that if you've heard all these parodies and stuff of it. But, like, there's a reason they were, there's a
3: reason that these lines are so quotable, right? Like, there's a reason this shit is remembered. Yeah, and I don't know. Like that, that, that makes this movie a bit more impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, obviously, we've all heard this shit in like a not another teen movie or everything else that's come since then. But like,
2: yeah, I, I see. I, I know Andrew made some comment about how like while watching the movie, he just knew the quote. Yeah. He just knew yeah, the line. You can just feel it as it's coming. I'm <laughs> yeah, just it's the, like, help me. Help you. It's like the the first the first time it is the first time Andrew's seen this movie, yeah. and he's able to know exactly when this line is about to happen. It it's is just, it funny. is the Seinfeld effect, right? Like everything after
3: this was built on this, to some degree.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, this was Tom Cruise's fifth consecutive hundred million dollar plus film, which. Uh, was a record at least at the time that i don't know if money. that yeah so it's, it's like i keep saying you know i i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep giving you the box office the budget but uh if you're getting bored of me saying that these successful movies then strap in because until we get to the mummy this is gonna be pretty damn successful movies from here on out so yeah think even that one still made a profit probably (laughs) not a big one but uh bonnie hunt says the toughest part of this movie was playing a character that doesn't like tom cruise (laughs) (laughs) you know what that's hey listen charismatic
3: yeah he's a
2: he's a very likable man yeah uh cameron crowe chose the world of sports agents as he felt that it was an area that hadn't really broached on film before and also because the industry is solely dedicated to money and was try- and he was trying to s- interested in seeing if qualities like love and honor could flourish in that.
3: You know, that's fair. Like, I wouldn't...
2: <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta admit, this, you know, a movie from the perspective of a sports agent... Is, like, who cares most of the time? Yeah, that's not a formula that sounds like it would work and it's not a formula that has been tried multiple times and, you know, Cameron Crowe, with the help of, you know some very charismatic actors with cuba gooding jr and tom cruise of course it, it, it worked sure it worked. and i mean i think part of it is that like really if you try
3: you can and you have the right people you can make qualities like love and honor apply to just about fucking anything mm-hmm. so i don't think that's necessarily a fair question to ask but i mean he's right at least that sports I mean, agents he's, haven't been yeah he's, handled before yeah
2: and and i mean i, I get what he's saying he's taking a uh A career that you know is generally considered to be spineless people who were only in it to make money and he's trying to put heart into Mm -hmm. that career or whatever and yeah um yeah this one was kind of a weird weirdly worded trivia but i put it in just to kind of show the emotional weight i guess of people at the time Uh, at least three women on set started crying when the you had me at hello scene was being filmed
3: uh, Renée Zellweger, you deliver shit
2: perfectly. Yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise too. That that, yeah. whole, that whole speech at the end was, you know, he just had a little bit of tears in his eyes and mm-hmm. it's really emotional and everything. I don't know, it's great acting both ways. Yeah. It's true. And I'm not generally a Renée Zellweger fan. I haven't really liked her very much, but this movie I think she really, yeah, pulled out all the stops. And like, honestly, I was, honestly I I feel like it's risky doing a movie with Tom Cruise especially if you're yeah. not a successful actor. Uh, I mean, not just Tom Cruise, just working with big actors. I feel like right. you can get overshadowed just from that person's just natural, like, you know, so charisma how and How much
3: he loves Katie Holmes but or f- whoever else at the time.
2: But I feel like Renee Zellweger stands toe-to-toe with Tom Cruise yeah. pretty successfully in this film. It
0: was some real risky business. <laughs>
3: ah, taps. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'll... Uh, it's a little bit uh, It's going to be a little bit after this comes out I guess, but uh, Renee Zellweger's also going to be in the Judy Garland movie that's coming out Like in the next few days So
2: Oh, I thought that already came out It but, might have
3: already come out I, I don't know if
2: it's out or it's coming out But but yeah, I know she. Yeah, she's playing Judy Garland
3: Yeah, so. it's supposed to be pretty damn good too Yeah. So, Check um, it out
2: Support Renee In addition to being a uh, m- monetarily successful this is also uh a lot of oscar winners for this one i believe it was at least nominated for best picture i don't, can't not cannot remember if it won was not nominated for best director um which i think that was the only best picture nominee that year that wasn't nominated for best director sucking cameron uh it three uh actors won oscars for this cuba gooding jr regina king and renee zellweger and tom cruise was nominated but ended up losing so which makes me sad because he was really good in this movie. It sounds like one of those Oscar
3: bait movies where they give him a lot of awards but don't want to give him every award. Yeah. Uh,
2: also, I don't know if y'all knew this. I think I may have mentioned it in the Rain Man episode, but Bonnie Hunt, who played Laurel, was actually in Rain Man. Mm-hmm. Who's Yanni? God uh, damn it! Look, I,
3: I, I did remember she she looked familiar, and that makes a
2: shitload of sense. Yeah, she was the waitress who dropped the toothpicks that. Uh, Dustin Hoffman's character counted very quickly. Yeah. So, uh, also Tom Cruise did not remember that Bonnie Hunt was in Rain Man. Course, and, uh, at first he is not a savant. Yeah, And at first he thought she was joking when she said that they had worked together before. Oh, Tom, <laughs> Tom, no,
3: but Tom, Tom, who are you? Tom, no. Uh,
2: also, I'm, I think I'm going I think I'm going to start tacking this in on the end of, uh, um, because I think it's fun. Uh, actors who lost out on the role to Tom Cruise. Uh, and just imagine this movie with no. these people. No, uh, Tim no. Allen. No, like no, just that fucking first one. There's no fucking way, uh, right? T- Tim Allen, Tom Hanks. Yeah, uh, who, okay. who actually? Tom Hanks was pretty close to landing this role. I think they actually, Tom Hanks. Oh, I would believe. I think they actually offered him this role. but he but he, he, he was busy filming something else. Sure. Mm. Can we go back to Tim Allen and just say no? Oh, I think you've made your point clear. Thank you. Tim Tim Allen is would not have been good in this. Thanks. Uh, Woody Harrelson. Sure. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Nice. Uh, okay. Alec Baldwin could pull off the sketchy side of being a sports <laughs> agent. I don't know if he could I, really flip it, though. Sure. Uh, Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah. uh, listen, I don't... I feel, I don't, like, I I feel don't. like Johnny Depp has been in the running for a lot of roles Tom Cruise has. I feel like they're kind of... They have their similarities, you know, they're both attractive, they're both charismatic, you know. They're both... And I'm talking crippling about alcoholics. pirates. Uh, sorry, what? I'm, yeah, <laughs> we said the same thing. <laughs> and keep in mind, I'm talking about, you know, 1990s and older Johnny Depp, not the uh-huh. new... Crippling alcoholic. Oh, uh-huh. Okay, but not the new, uh, I'm just going to do everything Tim Burton wants me to do, whether or not yeah. it's garbage Johnny Depp that crippling we have right alcoholic. now. Crippling alcoholic. God damn it,
0: uh, Sean Penn. <laughs> Look, guys, Sleepy Hollow gets a bad rap. Okay, it's a good movie, and also <laughs> suspiciously similar to Hot Fuzz in its plot structure.
2: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Sean Penn, another one that lost out. Tom Cruise, John Travolta, hey, uh, well, and this movie, guys, and Bruce Willis.
3: Oh God, Bruce Willis.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, he could do like the the sports
0: agent side of this, but I don't think I've ever felt like romantically touched in a Bruce Willis movie in my
2: life. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of fun to kind of like think about what this movie would have been like with some of these people. And like, like I feel like John Travolta would have been almost a Nick Cage-esque Jerry Maguire movie, not to rehash this argument, but sure. I I, I feel like what I'm going to say,
3: what I'm going to say in, in response to all these actors, I think that, compared to any of them i think nick cage fits what's going on in the movie more than anyone else more
0: you're than any of these saying other people because of the flipping out scene though yes okay
2: <laughs> see that was my point you're taking like one very small like few second scene
3: <laughs> okay but i think nick cage can actually do relative amounts of nuance
2: oh he can he's i'm not saying he hasn't had good movies i'm just saying uh, the but, like, overwhelming majority of the I, th- I kind think of astronomical amount of movies that Nicolas Cage has done in the short time he's been an actor have been just him just flipping out, flipping out for two hours. Sure, but I, I
3: guess my point is that like he could do this and he could do like at least the bare minimum of the emotional requirement of the rest of the movie, and mm. th- that that might be that like that might be a very low bar, but I think he could do this.
2: I mean, maybe I I do. I do think that a lot of movies, like if you really look at Tom Cruise's movies, a lot of them I feel like if you look at the plot, y'all are, I hate, I hate Why? them so much. Why do you hate us? Why? Is it because
0: you hate love? It's
2: because love, love wins. not including me.
0: Love wins. You didn't really want to be included. Not you. you. Felt like you had to not. say <laughs> No, no, you just didn't want me to be included. That's the fucking problem. This is, great. This is a great visual gag <laughs> that You will not be able to figure out from listening to this podcast.
2: Uh, anyways, what I was saying... Okay, yeah, let's just pop bubble, bubble wrap Christ. on an what audio. Why that there? <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> Keep
0: going, Donnie. Keep going.
2: Stop popping bubble wrap on a fucking podcast. Anyways, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I feel like a lot of Tom Cruise's movies... If you really, been there for weeks. If you really think about them and just like look at the plot, it doesn't sound like the movie would work. And I feel like having someone as charismatic and as good of an actor as Tom Cruise just makes the film work and i do not have not saying he's not capable of it mason but i do mm-hmm. not have that kind of faith in Nicolas cage because he's had too much okay tom, tom cruise is consistent tom cruise even in the bad movies we watched with the exception of maybe losing it tom cruise wasn't sure. was, probably, was, the, was probably the best part of the movie okay and, and see
3: I, I i feel i feel like this is in part my reason for saying that tom cruise is the More attractive. And you know what? I'll say more charming. Nick Cage and that, that applies to a number of things.
2: I mean I still think it goes beyond looks but anyway that's not here neither here nor there that's all we have on <laughs> Jerry Maguire maybe the last episode of this podcast we'll see me and Mason, No we may, gotta do Eyes Mason, Wide Shut uh, Me and Mason may kill each other. Join us next time when we watch Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes next, Wide Shut!
0: Yeah next time when Mason and I kill each other Yeah, yeah. yeah we're
3: gonna talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, we're gonna talk
0: about unfounded <laughs> conspiracy
3: theories. Uh, perfectly founded conspiracy theories theories based on circumstantial evidence at best save it for
2: next time i'm donovan bruce if you like this episode please rate us five stars on itunes and check out our letterbox for our tom cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff
0: Uh, I'm Andrew Mount. Facebook is undermining the fabric of the social ties that bind us together, so don't trust anyone who tries to get you to follow them on Facebook. Uh, For this and other podcasts that we do, visit our website at gcatsmedia.com. That's G as in gravy, catsmedia.com. One more
3: time, that's gcatsmedia.com. I'm Mason Kuzmich, Pedophiles run the world. Uh, and if you would like to <laughs> be Next aware on Cruising be aware, and uh, please check us out on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Twitter at Cruising It Pod. That's at C R U I S I N I T P O D.
2: Thanks, and you've been listening to Cruising It. <music>
3: Anyway, Jerry Maguire also entirely just a jerk off fantasy.
2: Uh, okay, continue. You, oh, you motherfucker! <laughs>
0: classic days where I wasn't the one stabbing anyone else. Donovan was <laughs> stabbing Mason.
2: I was here, sort of agreeing.
3: It was great
0: because
2: it was so untrue, and it was proof by the movie. And he wouldn't admit it.
3: There is no part in the movie where that is okay, proven. Shut untrue. up! I'm doing yeah, the podcast. I I'm doing the podcast. Do the
1: podcast.